Welcome to On the Runway. This is part of the Jets official podcast network. Eric Allen here at One Jets Drive, joined by Ethan Greenberg, who is in Hoboken, New Jersey, and Anthony back down in Tampa, Florida. Uh, throughout the year, we will be joined by the mad backer, Bart Scott, as well. But we are on the runway, guys, and the Jets are completing the first quarter of their season Thursday night against the Denver Broncos, and we are going to preview that matchup momentarily. But just to get us out of the gate here, Anthony, no pun intended, this is a very unique season for so many reasons, and we were reminded of that today as the National Football League has postponed the game between the Tennessee Titans and the Pittsburgh Steelers that was scheduled for Sunday, and it could be moved back to Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, it's a it's a real situation. Uh, there was no doubt that I knew this was going to happen at some point, at some week, with some team. And you see how it kind of works. I mean, it it's not just the players. It goes to you, right? You're the staff. If you're around uh, the guys, the guys, the, the staff that's actually allowed in the building, um, everybody's being held accountable for this because it only takes one person. And, you know, unfortunately for the Titans – it was the trip back, so they have to contact trace that, and they had to, uh, you know, check the opponents and who, and then you know make sure they're good, and then they had to uh, disinfect the buildings and shut them down, and and then you got to move the game. So, and that's just the hypothetical stuff they're talking about, which isn't yet clear at the time we're taping this. So, uh, you know, I think that you know it's going to be tough, but there are parameters that have to be in place. You have to not only protect the the players on the immediate team, but also the players that they're about to engage in, the coaches, et cetera. So the league has to be very firm on this. You've seen in the last couple of weeks with the mask situation for head coaches, some pretty steep fines that they've applied. And I think as you look at that moving forward, this is a serious matter. And if, if your team, like the Titans, who can't get back in their building and everything's done you know, virtually through Saturday, hypothetically, if that's where they said it, like you are a serious disadvantage now. So, uh, you know, you have to reap those precautions. And unfortunately, it's not, you know, it's not just because a player went out or it could be a kid, his his son or daughter was at school and brought it back. Yep. It's just random things that happen. So it's, this is the, like you said, this is what we're in. And this is the kind of pandemic world we're in right now. And they have to kind of work around that. Ethan, yeah. break it down for us because yeah. you're at the facility five, six days a week, what it's been like for you and what the differences are covering this football team now than in the past. You know, I think just from right when you walk in the door, you stand in front of almost like a, it's not a robot, but it's a little screen and it has, it takes your temperature. So you pull your mask down, you kind of go like this and then it reads your temperature and then you're admitted into the building and you have these little tabs that are, I don't even know how big, I would describe it. The only way I can describe it is if you've ever seen the game Rummy Cube, it's like about the size of a Rummy Cube and you can wear it on your wrist, your neck, like over in a lanyard, whatever. And GPS tracker. Here's my GPS tracker right there. That's exactly what it looks like. There you go. And if I get too close to you, EA, for example, they'll start blinking red, letting you know that you're within six feet. Now, if somebody's in a different tier, because the NFL has three different tiers. If I cross paths with somebody that's in tier one or two, which is rare, but let's say even if you're like 
there's a curtain that separates tier one and two and tier three. If we're too close to the curtain, it'll start beeping at you like back up. And then from a team perspective, I mean, as you would imagine, everything's virtual. You don't really get that one-on-one connection. Even if, for example, for the podcast, if we were recording a podcast last year, we would bring the player up into the studio. We'd kind of have more of a fluid conversation because you're next to the person as opposed to through a computer. And obviously there are technological problems here and there, and it's just a different experience, but all things considered, I think that from a content perspective, we've been doing a great job. And I think the NFL has been doing a great job up to this point. And I think that the, what they've done with the Titans and Steelers in that game, I think they're continuing to kind of set the precedent moving forward. Anthony, I feel bad even addressing it because a lot of people come to us because they're able to have an outlet from the everyday world they're dealing with. And they just want us to talk football, but to me, we have to talk about this because if you're a team and you're a coaching staff and you're players, this is something that has to be constantly on the front of your mind because if you don't take care of yourself and you're not accountable, this can impact the entire organization. So if you're Adam Gase right now, it's we're taping one day before the Jets play against the Denver Broncos. Do you bring up the situation in Tennessee? Um as far as the postponement of the game and just to remind the fellas, Hey, listen, we've been on it so far, but this is an everyday battle. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's in jest. It's brought up as a reminder. I think everybody clearly like even saying you're walking in, you're getting tested, your temperature, it's become a normalcy for a lot of the players where early on, it's like, what the heck's going on here? Uh, but again, you, you talk about accountability. Unfortunately, there are instances where it doesn't have anything to do with accountability. It's just a random thing. And that's just part of where we're at. And that's the toughest thing to deal with. I think it's the, the teams having a plan in place so that when it does happen, how do they still become, you know, stay successful as far as learning, teaching, game plans, uh, making sure guys uh, get some type of uh, training in their body, and it's got to be at home now. How How is that set up? Do they have a band program they've given guys that's intact or something like that? And then you have the injured guys. How are they getting treated? How is yeah. the treatment process going to be? Do they just got to go home and wrap a bag of ice around their leg? Do they have any little mini, mini stem units that they can uh, link up to the legs or the arms, wherever it's needed? So, again, these have to be put in place because when it happens – NFL's like, shut it down immediately. It's over. And now, okay, what's plan B, plan C, and how do you go into effect? So it's a difficult deal, but you can prepare for it, but it's never as smooth or the way you dictate it. Bottom line, it's still jarring for me, guys, when I see that. It's like we're going forward here with the season, and the first quarter of the season will reach basically its conclusion. I know it's a 17-week season, but all the teams have played three games so far, but it's like – you know that it's a possibility, but with that being said, it's still like, wow, wow, they're closing down the facilities now in Tennessee, and then we'll have to see when that game is moved to. It's such a fluid situation. So um, National Football League, as Ethan said, has done a tremendous job so far. I think the Jets have a good plan in place, and you need a little bit of luck too, I think, in all of it. (laughs) Yeah, I think so for sure. And I think the one thing that – In terms of the Titans, I think it's applicable to more than football in the sense that you just never know 
where or when you might come into contact with somebody or something and contract the virus because I like working in the facility five to six days a week, you go through the motions, like Anthony said, and it's pretty normal, but then let's say if you want to get dinner because you're sick of cooking or whatever, you don't want to get taken, you want to go outside and you want to enjoy a meal outside. That's fine. But then you have to really be on your P's and Q's hundred percent of the time, come home, wash your hands, make sure that you're taking care of yourself and that people that you're eating dinner with or you interact with takes care of their selves or themselves. So I think it's just a good reminder that we're still in it. You know what I mean? Like I know the cases, especially in the tri-state area in New York and New Jersey in particular continue to plummet. And that's a great thing, but you never know when you might interact or come into contact with somebody that might have the virus. I think it's just is a good tracker, reminder. Is yep. the tracking unit that you guys get, is that just telling you within the facility or is that yeah. saying, can they it's GPS the you? I don't, you know, what? We, tr- we drop them off at the end of the day. The first thing oh, we okay. do, we come in, we get our temperature screening to uh-huh. make sure that we're good there. And then our next move is to actually pick up the tracker and then we move uh, within the facility throughout the day with the tracker. At the end of the day or the night when we leave, we drop the tracker off. Yep. Yeah. So let's talk some ball. Let's talk some ball, though, boys. It's Jets Broncos Thursday night. Anthony, something stood out to me that Adam Gase said this week. He said, I want the guys to, yes, come in and fix their mistakes, go over the film, but I want them to play loose Thursday night and have some fun. Um, is that a good reminder to the players in the locker room? Because there probably is a tendency right now when things aren't going well for guys to get a little bit tight because they're trying too hard. Yeah. I I mean, listen, when you watch the film and and you see the mistakes that happen, clearly execution is, is part of it. I I thought Adam's game plan was suffice for the football game to at least bring a winning opportunity for the jets versus the Colts. And, you know, again, the, the problem with that is, you know, new receivers, right? Uh, yeah, new guys that normally don't take the the reps in training camp are getting thrown into the fire, and it 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 you have to heighten your own awareness as that player to execute. But let's be honest, guys. Even the starters throughout the league have problems executing. So it's a high demand to put on such uh, a different collection of you know a new tackle comes in or a guy backs up a guy who doesn't get a lot of snaps. He has to you know, mentally get those reps. You know, we always talk as players when you're the backup and the coaches, you know, mentally, you got to take a rep. You got to take a rep by watching someone else take it. Well, that's all good, but the actual competitive part is an issue for that guy because he's not physically doing the rep. So you know, it's one thing to know how to do it and exec- and trying to execute it, but then are you actually getting that rep in practice, which a lot of these guys haven't got it multiple times. I mean, look at, uh, you know, Cager. Cager, you know, ran a couple routes in the game that he probably had not run or even maybe have got didn't even get the ball in that route in practice. And all of a sudden, he finds himself in circumstances where, you know, if unless he's on point, you know, and the ball's coming his way because the coverage dictates, he better be, he better be right about it. So uh, I think it's just interesting, but it does come down to understanding and having 11 guys executing the offense and unfortunately uh from from that standpoint you can say you know that's ultimately every week every team the 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 terrible plays or the plays that don't work usually have a component to it that 
isn't working because of the lack of execution. So if they can play it clean, they have a chance. I mean, that's just what it is because that's how football works. Ethan, what is your sense from the players? You talked to a couple guys this week, including Avery Williamson. Again, here's a guy who's just getting back into the lineup himself. He missed all last season. And he's always got his head in the right spot. Mm -hmm. What sense did you get from him when you had a conversation with him? He's hungry. And Avery in particular and this defense, they I get the sense that they have an understanding, kind of what we've discussed earlier off camera, that the Broncos are banged up and they have an opportunity to close out this first quarter of the season on a high note. And Avery said, we haven't had that winning feeling in a long time. And that defense in particular going up against Brett Rippon, who's making his first start, that offensive line is banged up. The team as a whole, the Broncos as a whole, banged up their offensive statistics right towards the bottom of the NFL in almost every category. So I get the sense that the Jets are hoping for a rebound performance on the defensive side of the ball, which then should enable the offense to play some complimentary football and get a lead on the Broncos and then eventually win Thursday night and finish the first quarter of the season with a win and then have that mini bye before taking on the Cardinals in week five. Anthony, short week and – the Broncos are going to the third quarterback here in four games. Brett Rippon gets the start. This is his first career start, and they might have confidence in him. And I know the Jets have had difficulties at times with opposing passers so far this year, but isn't this a tough spot for Rippon? Short week. I mean, this is a Thursday night game. They probably had a couple walkthroughs out there in the Rocky Mountains. Then they had to fly out here, and and, and you're playing in a nationally televised game. I think this is a tough spot for a young guy. Well, I will say a couple things about Brett Rippon. Uh, you know, he's a, he was a fantastic college player, and he looked very prepared in the 15 snaps that he took uh, against the Buccaneers last week. He was 8 of 9, you know, nothing big. But he understood the progressions and the reads. And what they're going to do is they're going to shrink down the playbook a little bit. They're going to sit there and say, okay, uh, Brett, what, what 15, 20 pass plays are you know, do you feel real good about? Because if, if he doesn't go in feeling good about the plan, you know, it, it doesn't mean anything for the coordinator to show off and try to throw all this stuff at him and say, well, you know, we got all these different options, but yet we have a guy that's making his first start. That, that's not smart. Now, I hope they do that because that's just a terrible way to go about the game. And if that's what he wants to do, then the Jets will reap the benefits of that. But I, I think to me, what it does is you're going to see a couple things in the game. You're going to see a little bit more quicker, shorting, p- passing opportunity. He tells me that as a defensive coordinator, one, I can be a little more aggressive. I can get up in some of these receivers' faces. And you just look at what the offensive line did versus the Buccaneers defense. Todd Bowles brought a lot of pressure, a lot of impact up front. That's something I think Greg Williams may try to do in this football game because, yeah, he's young. It's his first start, but he's not going to have any sympathy for that. So you have to be able to say, okay, if you're going to go out there and beat us, then we're going to we're going to say you're not going to have as many, you know, tenths of a second to do it. So what do they do? They they make that happen, make them throw fast, and then you take away the one thing they can lean on, which is Melvin Gordon. And if you have multiple players in the box now because you're going to bring some pressure, that potentially can take away the run game as well. Now you become shorthanded on both sides of the stick offensively, and hopefully, again, in theory, that's an advantage for the Jets. 
It is time for the Victorinox Swiss Army Players to Watch segment. Ethan, let's start with you. Who do you have your eye on? Who's going to stand out Thursday night in primetime? For the Jets, uh, I'm going to go with Jordan Jenkins because Eli Wilkinson, who is the Broncos starting right tackle, he got placed on injured reserve last week. And Anthony can probably talk about DeMar Dotson, former Buccaneer. He gets the start on the right side in Wilkinson's spot. But to your point, I know he's a veteran, Dotson is, but on a short week, traveling across the country, Jordan Jenkins had one sack, but it was more of just like a courtesy sack, I think. Um, Garoppolo fell, yeah, Garoppolo like fell down. He touched him. He didn't. He didn't tackle him. So to me, that's like a courtesy sack. And I think Jordan Jenkins is due. And the other guy that I want to highlight is somebody up front. It's Quinton Williams again. Lloyd Cushenberry's a rookie, third round rookie. Went to LSU. He was a good player there. Went to the Senior Bowl. Had a nice showing there. And I think that it's a tough task because Lloyd Cushenberry is going to be playing 100% of the snaps that you would imagine for the Broncos. Well, the Jets have three guys up front that are difficult in their own right. Steve McClendon, Wiley Vett, Folaronzo Fadokasi, big, strong dude. And then you have your 300-pound bar of soap in Quinnen Williams, who's more of a slippery player compared to those other two guys. So I think those two guys up front can take advantage of an offensive line that's given up 13 sacks over the last two weeks. And they're last in the NFL, according to ESPN, in pass block win rate and rush block win rate. So I'm going up front for my players to watch. Uh, uh, the Cushionberry uh, is uh, angle is interesting because he replaced now Jets center Connor McGovern. McGovern, of course, snap into Sam Darnold. He was the Broncos center primarily the last two seasons, started 31 games for the Broncos. And during that time, Philip Lindsay had back-to-back a thousand yard Russian seasons, but yes, Anthony, this Broncos offensive line has struggled mightily the last two weeks. Where are you going with your Victorinox Swiss Army player or players to watch? Yeah, I got two guys. You know, listen, for all what we're hearing and seeing and what you had said earlier, uh, we talked about off the air, if Jamison Crowder is back on the field and he's been, and everything looks good, I mean, that is just a huge bonus for Sam. I mean, he, he's definitely going to enjoy the fact that he's out there. Uh, and, and I think that'll be huge in the, ga- in the game for Sam to just get a guy that he can lean on, even though he may be reading other things, okay? There's that outlet feature. So they'll have the plays they feature Crowder, and then he'll be that other guy as a check down or a, you know, a, a guy sitting in the, in the hole of the defense, which, you know, again, helps him uh, feel better about his progressions. Number one, I, you know, I think now after two weeks of playing for Michael P Ryan, you know, maybe this is a game where he can pop one out. You know, I, I think that usually with some young players that come in that, you know, have a little juice, it takes them a little bit to get a feel, feel how the line is, get the live reps, even though they're getting the practice reps, um, you know, he's going to get his chances. I think he had, uh, you know, seven or so carries in the game. You know, again, at any point, one of those carries could be big. You know, maybe maybe he can spurt one out and, and pop one out. I think they're close. Uh, you know, you see Gore close, tripped up a couple times, gets a big gain. You know, I think that the feet were the footwork of LaMichael Pirine and his quickness that may help in his opportunities. So those are two players that I'm looking at to 
you know, they got to make impacts in this game for the Jets to win, let's be honest. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, my Victorinox Swiss Army player to watch, Makai Becton, no doubt about that. When he was in the game in the first half against the Indianapolis Colts, the Jets were moving the football both on the ground and through the air. He has been the most impressive Jet to date, and this is the first time the nation will get a chance to watch the number 11 overall selection in April's draft, and he has been nothing short of impressive. What a ceiling. So keep an eye on number 77. Also, also EA, last time the Jets played the Broncos at MetLife Stadium, didn't they run all over the yard? Isaiah well. More than 300 yards rushing, Greens. There you go. So <laughs> maybe, maybe to both your point and Anthony's point, Makai and LaMichael, rookie, rookie connection here, can help break one loose. I know this sounds simple, but the Jets have not held a lead so far this season. They need in this game to get a lead. You cannot play from behind in the National Football League, especially with the injuries they were dealing with early in the season. They they just need a lead to feel good about themselves to settle into a ball game. Hey, fellas, uh, let's move on. We're going to do some weekly predictions here across oh the National Football League. Oh, let's boy. Start. Yeah. I got about six or seven games that I picked that I, I think are going to be the most intriguing matchups following the Jets and Broncos game Thursday night. Let's start with the Chicago Bears, who are 3-0, and fellas, hosting the Indianapolis Colts, who looked very solid last week against sure. the Jets in a businessman-like effort. Uh, a 36-7 win over the Jets. Uh, the Colts are 2-1. and one. Anthony, how about you? Now, very quickly, let's roll through these games. Yeah, you know, I'd I like uh, – I'm going to roll with the Bears. They're the ugliest 3-0 team out there. But I, <laughs> but I also but I also You're going understand, Nick Foles, huh? But I also understand that Nick Foles is a pretty solid quarterback. Uh, clearly in the game, he, he was the difference maker. And I think guys will rally around him. They did lose uh, Tariq Cohen. I believe he, he tore his knee up in that game. So that that hurts them from a playmaker standpoint. But, man, Nick Foles' magic, man, I think that's going to be enough to beat the Colts. <laughs> Ethan, how about you? Yeah, that's tough. Uh, I think Anthony's right. They are the ugliest 3-0 team. They could very easily be 1-2. and two And as much as I want to take the Bears, I feel like I have to roll with the Colts. And we saw what they could do last week. I think that – Phillip Rivers or Jonathan Taylor is a nice one-two punch. And I know the Bears have a good defense, but it doesn't feel like they've been the same since, ironically, Vic Fangio left. Colts are going to win this game, fellas. Uh, Phillip Rivers, he looked very comfortable in that pocket last week. They got the run game going. I like that offensive line. And their defense looks a lot better with DeForest Buckner. I, I got Indianapolis winning on the road in a close game. How about Cleveland at Dallas? The Cowboys – Nobody can stop them, Anthony, but they haven't been able to stop anybody either. Yeah, and, you know, listen, the what I like about the Browns is it has nothing to do with their quarterback play. It has everything to do with their run game. You know, Nick Chubb and, and Hunt are, are very, very good, talented running backs that clearly week to week no one has an answer for. And what that does is it, it takes away the opportunities – of a Dak Prescott in the offense, which can be, you know, devastating at times. I don't know if I like the flow of how Dallas offense looks. You know, they're kind of like, you know, not a lot going through Ezekiel Elliott right now, which is interesting. You know, Dak's arm is one thing, and they do have some weapons to throw to clearly, but if they're not on the field, that's a problem. 
Uh, but I think at home, the Cowboys find a way to win this game. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to agree with Anthony here, but I think a lot of this will depend on if Tyron Smith is playing because against the Falcons and the Seahawks, neither one of those teams, when they play the Cowboys, they don't have that edge presence that's like Miles Garrett. So if Miles Garrett is going up against the Cowboys' backup left tackle, I think that's going to be a real problem for them. And if, last week, Zach Martin, who's their right guard, their all-pro right guard, took snaps at right tackle. So if Miles Garrett is going up against the Cowboys backups, I think it could be a different story, but I am also rolling with the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I'll take the Cowboys at home. That was a tough one against Russell Wilson, who was the early MVP favorite last week. Uh, Wilson, two consecutive games now, fellas, with five touchdown passes. He's playing out of the world. Speaking of, of a guy who is – taking his game to another level, you got to go to Buffalo too. And, and we're talking about Josh Allen again. What do you think this week, the bills go to the Raiders, Anthony uh, cross country trip or Raiders a little bit banged up. They don't expect to have either Brian Edwards or Henry Ruggs in the lineup. Listen, man, you know, I like what the bills are doing right now. You know, uh, they've done a nice job of putting a team and surrounding uh, Josh Allen, you know, fairly quickly because they had some, you know, areas that are tough to find in place. You know, they bring in Diggs. He's become a big weapon. And the one thing that Josh obviously has done well is, is you know, able to extend plays. You know, they've made some really some bonehead play mistakes in that game last week versus the Rams, but they were able to overcome it. You know, those third and longs that they were able to get through. And they did need a, uh, a PI, a phantom PI, to win that football game last week as well. But I really think that what happens is you get through those things. It starts building confidence around your team. So I think they go on the road and they beat the Raiders uh, in Vegas. Yep. I agree with Anthony. Simple as that. Yeah. Make it three for three. Uh, uh, the bills going against that Raiders defense. I think they're going to have some success and those Raider injuries offensively, I think, mm -hmm. Uh, I would have thought a little bit differently about this game if uh, the Raiders were full strength, but they won't be. Patriots at Kansas City. Uh, the, the Chiefs look ready to defend that title. Uh, <laughs> I didn't see that thorough domination of the Baltimore Ravens coming. They play the Patriots, who are always ready to go, but this is in Kansas City. Anthony, who do you have? They can play this game in, in Australia. It doesn't matter. Uh, listen, I'm telling you now, the Chiefs, they're gonna be, it's going to be hard to beat them this year. Uh, they, may, they may go undefeated. Uh, just watch the receivers off the line of scrimmage. is ridiculous. Like, as soon as a snap is off, like, they're gone. It's just – you could tell why there was confusion by the Ravens secondary. You know, look, I, I get it. The Patriots are disciplined. They're sound. But they will not have answers for what the Chiefs do. You look at what, San, uh, what the Chargers tried to do against them. They probably gave them their best uh, play, period. And yep. they still couldn't stop again. You know, uh, Mahomes was still able to get it done. I just can't see it happening, guys. I'm going to pick them every week, regardless. If Even if they lose the week before, they're never <laughs> – I don't see them losing. Right there, early in the 2020 season. Yeah, if, you just, if you just bet them to win, yeah, you bet them to win the game, uh, you're winning money this year. So I, I think that's, this, that's the route I'm going to go. The Chiefs might go undefeated. Uh, Greens, he taking Kansas City at home here? Yeah, I'm taking Kansas City at home. I, I second essentially everything that Anthony said. The one thing that's been very impressive to me in terms of the Chiefs is we know all those players are in at least their second year of the system, so they're like a well-oiled machine. But to have Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the rookie running back, just to pick up as quickly as he has, it's really impressive. Fair. 
Yeah, it's not fair. And the Patriots had a lot of guys opt out on defense, important defensive players prior to this year, like Dante Hightower and Patrick Chung. So I'm rolling with Kansas City. Yeah, and they really neutralize uh, Lamar Jackson. You could talk hours about uh, what Kansas City's doing right now. Uh, yeah, I'll take the Chiefs at home. And finally, um, this one goes under the radar, but the Saints are having some problems right now. They're one and two. They're playing a Detroit team who just won at Arizona. What do you think? Could the Lions spring a possible upset here? And could there be some real problems in New Orleans, Anthony? Yeah, I, I, you know, I think there's, uh, you know, clearly uh, this is a little better team, the Lions. I didn't think they were good early on defensively, and then they, they pulled a great effort out against uh, Kyler Murray uh, mm. to win that football game. Uh, you know, look, Drew Brees isn't the same guy. You know, you don't see a lot of the downfield throws. Uh, what Can he still do it? Yes. I don't think he just trusts the guys out there. If Michael Thomas is not on the field, he's not going to take the risk of those kind of plays. And it's a basically a dunk down – Kamara, get him the football, and let's see what he can do. And quite frankly, guys, he's pretty special with the ball in his hands. I would do it as well. And I don't understand why defenses have such a hard time clamping him down, at least at the catch point. You know, it seems like every time he swings out or does it, he actually has time to catch the ball. That's a problem because once he gets forward, he's going to make you miss. I mean, that's just what he does. So lock him down. I would love to see some a team just take a chance and say, we're going to put two guys on him track them, and let's see who else can beat them. If Drew Brees can do that for four quarters without throwing a pick or trying to force one in there, I'll live with that. So uh, I think the Lions can win this football game. I'm going to go with the Lions in this one. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I like that pick. I'm going to roll with the Saints. But I think when you look at the Lions roster, I mean, Jeff Okuda, their, what, number three overall pick or whatever he was, had an awesome game against the Cardinals, and that – team has the best receiver in football debatably in DeAndre Hopkins and with no Mike Thomas I think this is a different team Anthony the one thing about Kamara that strikes me is he looks very slender on your TV but he rolls off people he's just like abnormally strong and deceivingly strong for a guy of his size and I think I'm gonna roll with the Saints because I still think that they're a good team and I think that they have to turn things around quickly I don't know if I just quite trust the Lions yet, but I would not be surprised if the Lions won that game at all. I'm going to take Matt Stafford at home. How about that? I'm going with Anthony on this one. I just, I feel like Detroit is going to put up points and they are the better defense in -hmm. this game. They have the better defense than the New Orleans Saints. So I could see the Saints easily being one and three here at the season's uh, first quarter. Uh, as the season's first quarter reaches its conclusion. But that is our first installment of On the Runway. I'm Eric Allen, and he's up top, Ethan Greenberg. And, of course, he's down in Tampa, Florida. That's Anthony back. Yeah, a little, gonna... little size difference between me and the guy over here, right? So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's making that bit. mistake. <laughs> that, that's right, fellas. So we'll have to see how the picks uh, come out and uh, who was on target with their big four players for the game. See you next week.